0: as so a serpent sheds his skin so must the world be cleansed of sin
1: Mr. Caldwell, hello so that the next renewal can begin it smells like something died in you let's just get out of here this whole thing is weird
0: I don't know what it is about this house I have to stay great equalizer, claiming the evils of man from the world with his fennec.
2: everybody and welcome to the latest episode of fresh cuts this is mike
1: and join me as always
2: it's mr venom what's up venom how are you
1: greetings and salutations disciples i see everyone brought their skull masks to the meeting so let us begin yes how the hell are you mike i'm doing pretty well
2: um i am doing well also uh i don't know i don't really have much to add. Just another Monday uh, in my world, and uh, it's over with. At least the work day is over with. So, ready to get into uh, the latest episode and the movie. And uh, yeah, so I'll introduce our other co host, Don Anelli. How are you doing, Don?
0: Yeah, great to uh, be here and uh, hopefully kick this uh, bad luck streak we've had. <laughs>
2: All right, we'll see about that. Um, the movie we are hopefully uh, <laughs> breaking the cycle with is The Long Night. And it looks like, according to IMDb, the original title was The Coven. I mm-hmm. wasn't aware of that. I mean, well, I remember seeing this it. pop up a little while ago.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I saw at least two different films last year um, for screener releases just called Coven or the coven or coven of something and it's like yeah. ugh. yeah no
1: yeah no witches here so no coven
0: <laughs> well not only that it's just so generic because i mean not yeah. just last year but i mean i've seen or heard of at least five oh yeah yeah a yeah. very common um, title
2: all right so the synopsis is as follows as listed by mdb of course a devoted couple's quiet weekend takes a bizarre turn when a nightmarish cult and their maniacal leader come to fulfill an apocalyptic prophecy. I believe prophecy is spelled wrong on IMDb synopsis, but hey. Oh, shit, no.
1: you're right. <laughs> it is spelled <laughs> wrong. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, and Sometimes, by
2: the way – Oh, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, a devoted couple? What movie were they watching?
2: Yeah. <laughs> So sometimes when I'm reading like a synopsis or just, you know, reading something out loud, it's like I'll get halfway into the word or, you know, you how your eyes are kind of like a half second ahead of what you're reading. And like it trips me up because I'm like, wait, is this a different word that I'm about to pronounce wrong? But I was (laughs) like, no, they just misspelled it. Um, This one directed by Rich Ragsdale. That can't be a real name, can it? Rich Ragsdale. Uh, (laughs) Stars. Scout
0: I, 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 think I, I think it is. I think it is. I think it is. There's several, he's uh, done several other films in the past, so I, this isn't the first film he's done. He no. actually worked with Scout on. Uh, he actually worked with Scott on an earlier film called Ghost House from yeah. 20, uh, 2017.
1: 2017. Yeah. Well, we reviewed um, that on the Horror Cast. I remember. Sounds like a game it. show
2: host name.
1: Ragsdale. Rich Ragsdale. <laughs> I mean, he did, um, directed one. Of, did he direct this movie? Uh no, he did the score for one of my favorite creature features eight legged freaks <laughs> yeah. um all right
2: See, uh, yeah. I,
0: I yeah i don't know if it, i don't know if that's his actual name but um yeah that uh i i, I know that he's done uh, several other jobs in the past, okay.
2: All right, so yeah, Scott Taylor Compton. She should be pretty familiar. Was she in one of Rob Zombie's Halloween movies?
1: She was in all of Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. Okay, she's Laurie Strode for fuck's sake.
2: I mean, <laughs> I, I I saw those like once. Yeah, and me I too. Haven't seen them since. <laughs> yeah, um, and the, the
1: memory is soing the bad memory is so ingrained in my head that I'll it'll never get out of there. <laughs> Ugh.
2: Yeah, because yeah, like I, I feel like her name is one of the one of those names in the genre. Like I. I've heard the name more than I think I've seen movies she's been in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, re- n- like, o- honestly, right now, the thing I know her most for is the podcast she's doing with Danielle Harris. Uh, I don't know if you guys have <laughs> ever heard it. It's called, like, Talk Scary to Me, I think. Nope. Um, the podcast it's kind of like stupid. <laughs> yeah, I know. Who would start one of those these days? Just, yeah, I like, yeah, stories. Keep is... them going or what.
0: Well, no, I'm just saying, I <laughs> – I I thought it would be more like, I thought it'd be more like behind the scenes stories of them on the sets and stuff. And they're talking like their sex lives and stuff.
2: Yeah, it's pretty like.
0: I I mean, it's not bad listens, but it's just, it's not necessarily what I wanted. It's not necessarily like what I wanted from them. Like I thought that they would be on the set stuff and they'd get like co-hosts on board and they'd, you know, have them tell stories and stuff like that. Like I thought that was kind of what the show was going to be. And then it just turned into like their personal lives and like a sex diary and stuff. So I, I haven't really gotten like very deep into it, but it's not a bad listen for what it is. I'm just kind of like uh, I've got other stuff to listen to.
2: Yeah, I mean, on the it's like guess like you said, like their personal life, sex stories, and they have people uh, write in questions, and then like about halfway through every episode, it turns into like a true crime. Uh, show uh i mean i guess on the bright side like for people that are like oh i want i might want to check it out the episodes are only about an hour so like if you put it on 1.5 which is what i usually listen to all podcasts on now it's like it takes a half hour for me to get through an episode so um so yeah that's uh i guess our highlighting our podcast this week (laughs) (laughs) if you can call that a highlight (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) i guess a half endorsement at least all right so general yeah i i think yeah we already did so yeah the long night i i will start with general thoughts as always so i'll kick it to venom what did you think of the long night
1: okay um many of you may already know this but just in case you don't i want everyone to take everything that i say about this movie today with a grain of salt i say that because I genuinely love cult movies. I I adore them. I, I think they're one of my favorite next to supernatural horror. Cult horror is probably my favorite subgenre. Um, so I, t- I do tend to be a little bit forgiving with some of these movies. So like I said, take, uh, take my kind of opinion with a grain of salt, you know, I'll bounce that off of what Don and Mike say and, you know, develop your own idea of whether you want to watch this movie or not. So here we go. The Long Night 2022. And yes, <laughs> as I stated with my warning, I actually do enjoy this movie. The reason I say, I, the reason I wanted to caveat this was because this movie is getting terrible reviews, like absolutely terrible reviews. It's hovering at around a three on IMDb. And I understand most of the gripes that people have with this movie. I mean, there's nothing original about it. It's a lot of been there, done that. Nothing too special um you know there, there's no set pieces in it that are you know exceptionally memorable there's you know it, it, to me it's just a very solid movie i think this movie nails the atmosphere it, it nails the tone of the film it's got a great score it's got some really good cinematography some really cool imagery throughout the film too you know obviously involving the cult um and then I, uh, th- one of the biggest complaints I heard about this film was the ending. Like, a-, a lot of people are not real high on this ending. I actually really enjoyed this ending. Uh, when we get to the spoiler section, I'll talk about why I tend to like endings like this. Um, this movie kind of reminded me of uh, I Trapped the Devil from a f- couple of years ago, where that ending of that film was also very contentious among the uh, the community, uh, and that was another one that I absolutely loved. In fact, that movie almost made my top 10 that year. I think it was like in the top 15 for whatever year that was released. But yeah, this one, like I said, it's nothing special. It's it's a, it's a little bit of a slower burn, uh, especially for the first half. It's a little slower. It does get tropey, um, especially one of the biggest tropes that I can't stand. And that's, you know, the shitty significant other in a horror movie. And we get plenty of that in this one. Well, he's not the worst significant other I've ever seen in a horror movie, but he has his moments where he's just a complete douchebag and, you know, you know, the horror trope number four hundred and eleven. So, you know, what what the hell can you do? So um, despite all of its shortcomings, despite its pacing issues, despite um, some less than memorable performances, like I said, I had a really good time with this movie. I enjoyed the cult. I enjoyed uh, the way that they dressed, which, again, very been there, done that, you know, black robes uh, and all the members have a different like mask on. Some of them are just like cloth masks. Other people have like animal skulls over their face or whatever. So, like I said, you know, most people are going to look at this and think, "Eh, I've seen this before. It's nothing special. And I will 100 percent agree with that. But. For me to be able to watch a 90-minute movie, not get frustrated at all throughout the film, maybe once or twice with the shitty boyfriend, but again, that's kind of expected for the character. But, you know, like I I wasn't questioning character decisions. I wasn't rolling my eyes at terrible line deliveries, and I definitely didn't walk away from the film unsatisfied because of a perceived underwhelming ending as the internet seems to look at it. So, Overall, I'm going to say, you know, this isn't a top 10 contender by any stretch. I'm not going to say that I loved this movie. I'm generally not a fan of of Scout Taylor Compton, uh, namely because her biggest claim to fame is the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, or are the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. And I'm not the biggest fan of those films. And I'm not the biggest fan of anybody in those films, as far as their performances within those films. So... Um, But I have kind of gotten to see some of her stuff more recently that I did enjoy. I still haven't seen anything with her that I love, but I will say Ghost House was pretty decent from 2017. Penance Lane from 2020. um, She co-starred with Taylor Mayne. I thought that was a pretty decent movie. Again, none of these movies are revolutionary. You know, none of them are 10 out of 10s but I wouldn't necessarily call any of them bad either. They're all moderately enjoyable. And I'm going to say the same thing about The Long Night. It was moderately enjoyable. I was satisfied with it. I don't know if it's a movie I'll ever return to, but I did enjoy the story. And like I said, all the technical aspects are there. It's a a fine movie as far as how it's filmmaking techniques. Um, I already mentioned score, cinematography. It's got some decent direction, some good editing Um, Overall, it's just a solid film that's just a little underwhelming for a lot of the majority, for the majority of the horror community, this movie is probably going to fall short for them. Um, For somebody like me who kind of likes the more subtle aspects of horror, um, this one works for me in many ways. But, you know, like I said, it's not a top 10 candidate by any stretch, but it's definitely something that I'll defend when people talk about its 3.5 score on IMDb because that's just... To me, that's that's an absolute crime. I mean, what can you do? Opinions, you know, everyone's opinion is valid. And that's the whole point of rating these movies. And that's the whole point of thousands of people rating these movies on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes or whatever is to get a more concise score. This movie obviously hasn't been out that long. It's only got less than a thousand reviews. So Hopefully as more eyes get on it and older eyes too, because I feel like maybe older horror fans are going to enjoy this a little bit more. Like I said, the slower pace, uh, the, the bleak ending, things like that. So, um, yeah, overall, if you're a cult horror fan or a scout Taylor Compton fan, I would say this is a recommend from me.
2: Okay. So we got a one vote to break the streak. (laughs) um, (laughs) Don, what did you? What about you? What did you think of the long night?
0: Well, um, as the person that suggested this one, um, I'm gonna come in pretty much where Venom is. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Scout. Um, much like him, I, I'm not the biggest fan of from her uh, Glory Day films, uh, so to speak. Um, uh, I actually uh, prefer her in uh, Wicked Little Things, uh, which I think was released. Uh, just before the original Halloween was maybe like a year or so or earlier in the year. Um, I actually much prefer her in that one. Uh, she did much better there. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's actually kind of glad to see her not being a high school teenager because I saw one released last year where she is literally a 33 year old high school student that has crow's feet that rather than the teacher. So, <laughs> no, um, I, I am not literally, I'm not making that up. Uh, she's older I believe- than yeah, she's uh, older than the teacher, and uh, yeah, she plays a high school student in a film released last year. So, um, yeah, it, it was good to uh, see her in this kind of a role. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, there's, you know, like you said, nothing special about it, nothing original. It's not exactly, you know, the the biggest claim to, you know, originality, so to speak. But much like him, I, I enjoyed where it went. I, I, I liked a lot of the interactions between the, the cult and the two of them it it feels a little weird in the sense that the cult is um as overpowered uh to use the term um as they are and yet they don't necessarily showcase that to the extent that they could have it just feels as if uh you know the cult could have gone in earlier and uh you know taken care of business um at a much quicker pace (laughs) um Especially uh, once you see, you know, just how quickly once they do um, start, uh, in, you know, start approaching the house, how quickly they do take over. So it, it feels a little weird that they kind of just, you know, we never really get much about them, which is kind of like the other real thing about them, because, you know, all we get is this kind of uh, symbolical mumbo jumbo and this kind of connection to the you know, this demon thing that these pilgrims found in the, you know, 1500s when they originally landed here but there's that's like at the final 10 minutes and you know you don't really get much of anything else until then which is understandable because you know it's not focusing on them it's focusing on you know the couple and their drive to survive but even still i i kind of would have wished that there would have been a little bit more about the cult and their powers mm-hmm. and what they're trying to do um that is kind of you know a, a small little gap in the film but other than that, yeah, um, you know, it's not overly flashy. It's not overly original. It's not overly creative, but it's enjoyable enough. I I don't mind the pacing. I I think it's ninety three minutes. Maybe shave a couple of the useless interactions at the beginning off. You know, maybe give you know one or two scenes of the boyfriend being an asshole. You know, rather than you know, just constantly shoving it down her throat. Because yes, like Venom, I'm kind of sick and tired of this trope. Why are you even boyfriend and girlfriend if you're, you know, fighting the way you are? Like that makes no sense. Uh, yeah, that one or two instances, you know, get the idea, brush it aside and move along. Um, but yeah, uh, especially compared to the last couple of films. Um, I'm not saying that this gave it any higher credence, but I enjoyed it a lot more than them. So I think this one kind of stands out just a little bit more again, not even going to sniff my top of the year, but uh, it's not going to be anywhere near the bottom. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say mild recommends, maybe higher. Like Venom said, if you're a fan of the genre or you appreciate this kind of film, but on that, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's a priority watch, but looking to fill out your ranks and uh you know boost your totals up and uh say you know i watch so-and-so films from the year if uh, you could do a lot worse because we certainly have <laughs>
2: all right so for me i am gonna come in like how can i put all i'm honestly lower than you guys but i didn't dislike it really I think it's a middle-of-the-road movie. Um, I, I tend to like cult movies as well. I, I guess my main problem with this one is the cult was there, but that's about all they were for most of the movie. There was – I can't really get into too much of it until spoilers, but I kept waiting for, like, them to do something, like anything. Mm. Um, I – I like I, I think I – did I say before we were recording or in our intro when it came to Scout Taylor Thompson or Scout Taylor Compton, huh? I I know of her. I Obviously, I've seen her in a couple things before. I'm not overly familiar with her, but I thought she was fine in this. I mean, I don't have a ton to compare. I'll, you guys were listening off way more stuff than I can ever recall even seeing, So I didn't have a ton to compare uh, to as far as just. You know her acting, but I thought she was fine in this role. You know, it's a smaller movie. There's not a lot of heavy lifting to do, I would say. Um, But yeah, the the movie was kind of tropey. I I think it was like your typical lower budget where they they didn't want to get the story too big. You know, it's a it's a very self contained, smaller cult story. Um, I I thought it played out fine. I would have liked to see a little more happen through the course of the movie Um, but story-wise it it pretty much follows the trajectory uh, that you would expect uh you know i think it's it's fairly uh how can i put it uh i don't know if i go as far as to say obvious but i think you can pretty much figure out like what the cult's intention is not too far into the movie once they're kind of there and just little signs you pick up on, especially with, um, I, I guess a certain character getting flashbacks and all sorts of weird nightmares and stuff. It's like, okay, I think they're, (laughs) they obviously have something to do with this person and we'll see how it plays out. And then one that did, it's like, okay, yeah. Um, that doesn't always mean it's a bad thing. It's just, okay. You know, it's just a very familiar story. Um, uh, like don said it's not gonna be anywhere close to a top 10 type movie and i don't think it needed to be a 3.5 on imdb it's not i i think for for that kind of rating i would i was expecting a much worse movie um but yeah i would say this one's uh it's it's middle of the road i i don't think uh i guess depending on what you're expecting going in it could be disappointing but i i it's kind of i don't know i it's like it's that really that middle ground of like i wasn't disappointed i wasn't in overly enthused it was just kind of there watched it um and it was okay maybe because i have an affinity for cult movies too that i gave it more benefit of the doubt than maybe i would on other similar movies but yeah it it was okay Okay, movie. So definitely sounds like I'm lower on it than you two guys, but I didn't not like it. So, and that was a double negative that I just used. Yeah. I didn't dislike it. <laughs> uh Yeah, it, 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 I'm trying to walk a fine line because I it's like I I'm not I don't think I'm endorsing it so much as you guys, but I'm also like it's not terrible. it's kind of falls in that category of like yeah if you if you're short on stuff to watch for 2022 or you just like the the cult subgenre of horror i would say watch but definitely not a priority something that you need to get to or anything so i guess you know use that combined with what venom and Don said to guide you best mm-hmm. if you like listen to us for that guidance if not then we can go fuck ourselves, I guess. But, uh, uh I mean, it's, yeah, it's, so, yeah, it's really general thoughts at that.
1: Yeah. It's really just a matter of do you like basic cult movies? Like, this is not an exceptional cult movie. This is one of those middle of the ground cult movies that, you know, it, it doesn't try anything new. It doesn't, you know, it, it, the set pieces aren't anything revolutionary that we've never seen before. There's not an abundance of blood or, you know, a lot of effects or anything like that. So, it's just a very simple cult film. It's this little movie, and yeah. I think if that description works for you, if that sounds like something you might enjoy, then I would recommend it i, I would absolutely recommend <laughs> it but otherwise, yeah, I, you know if you're a um, gorehound or if you're you know if you're looking for a lot of supernatural or you know cult action, you know maybe something like Jackals from a couple of years ago, then yeah, this movie's <laughs> not it
2: yeah, I think that's part of like why. Even though overall I would say I was lower on it i didn't I didn't
1: um
2: dislike it as you know as much um right. or i didn't I didn't dislike it but I think one of the reasons I'm drawn to cult movies in general is just because they tend to have like either like some type of rich story to them or at least um there's some type of mystery element to it to them as far as like the the uh folklore around. The cult, where this is very minimal. It's like we, there's all we learn. We learn early on. Yes, there's a cult, and they're there for something. But, you know, as the movie goes on, they're just literally – it just literally feels like, yeah, they're there just to remind us, oh, hey, there's a cult out there, and you don't really learn much. The character doesn't really go through much. It's just very minimalist, so that's why it's just middle of the road for me.
0: Yeah, that was what I was saying about, you know, we get the revelation, like, in the last ten minutes about why they're there. Mm -hmm. and. That's kind of, yeah, like what Mike's saying. Like that's, you know, like one of my problems is that's, you know, one of the big issues is that you don't know what they're there for until the end. So it just seems like, okay, they're this powerful, look how fastly they wiped every, you know, they took, they, once they actually started to, into in, you know, approach the house and attack it, look how quickly they overran them. Why wouldn't they do that earlier? Like you don't get anything mm-hmm. about...
2: Yeah, you know, that I, was... That was a point, too, because I was I was was waiting for spoilers, but I guess that's still vague enough where I was like, okay they're pretty sizable compared to any resistance there. So I was like, well, if this is what they're actually here to do, uh, what's with all the standing around for like the first two acts of the movie? Have you guys
1: never seen a cult movie? What the hell? I'm going to I'm going to vehemently disagree with Mike on this point, because I personally think the best cults do less. One of my favorite cult movies of the last few years is 2017's The Void. What did that cult do? They literally stood around holding knives.
0: Well, it's not that they just stood there. It's, we, we still got to know a little bit about what they were there for. We still got information on them. So it made it True. a little bit less, it made it less obvious that that's all they were doing. Plus, they were still able to, you know, put, they, they still launched attacks inside the house. Sure. inside the hospital, you, you were still able to, you know, get some set pieces without them actually being involved. So I I think the fact that there's very little, there's very little action and confrontation here. I think that makes it a little bit more obvious.
1: Okay. Well, like I said, I guess I just look at cult movies a little bit differently because for me, the fear in cult movies is not knowing what they want, not knowing what they're about, not knowing who they're after. I think that's the fucking fear. Um, Yeah, we could get we could get the story served to us on a silver platter and, you know, it might satisfy a lot of people. But I like that mystery. That's part of the reason I like this movie is that we don't get the reveal of what this cult is doing until the very end. Um, I know a lot of times I I, I kind of bitch about that, but
2: I I didn't necessarily want. Yeah, I didn't necessarily want like their whole purpose. Oh, no, no. I'm not. I'm not.
1: I'm not throwing around accusations. I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth. Please don't ever think I'm doing that. I am definitely not. What I'm saying is I look at cult movies. I've apparently a little bit differently. I don't care that they don't do anything. The fear is the fact that they're not doing anything. Cause if they just, if they just run roughshod over the house, yeah, that's scary. But for a much smaller amount of time, them standing outside surrounding the house with torches in some of their hands, like to me, that's that's just the nature of fear, just the the the, the lack of knowledge, you know. It, like if 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 they would have found a, like let's say they would have found a book or something in the basement that gave the whole history of the cult or something, it, it takes the mystery away, and then you have to rely on other things. You have to rely on more over the top set pieces to entertain your audience. Well, if you leave that mystery in there a little bit longer. The reveal is the entertainment. It is the the payoff, if you will, at the end. And I, I I do understand that this movie doesn't have as much of a payoff as a lot of these slow burn films. Um, you know, obviously Mike and I both loved Saint Maud from last year, an incredibly slow burn, but with an absolutely frantic last five to ten minutes of the film. Whereas this one is not that at all. So, like I said, I understand people's issues with it, but I you know I I don't. All I'm saying is that I kind of mildly disagree with my co-host today on this one. I I like the fact that they didn't give me anything. I love the way they looked. I mean, I know it, it, they're a fairly basic bitch cult, with, you know, with their black robes and their animal skulls. But you know what? It's an image that works. It's an image that's terrifying. And you know, it, it, if you were if you're alone in a house and you're surrounded by people like that, that's not exactly a day at Disneyland. That's fucking terrifying. So I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily trying to dis- disagree actively with Mike and Don. I'm just saying that in this particular instance, the the fact that we didn't get that explanation actually worked for me. I totally I, It just yeah, it just totally worked for me. And I know I'm going to be in the minority on this one. I absolutely reading the reviews, looking at the IMDb scores, looking at Rotten Tomatoes. It's very obvious that. The majority of the community is looking down at this film and that's fine. Like I said, to each their own, but yeah, I I, want to make sure that people like me know about this movie because this is a movie that might've gone by. Had we not had a newer film or excuse me, had we had a newer film to look at this week, I may not, I may not have ever watched this film. I may not have ever laid eyes on it. And I'm glad I did because I enjoyed the entire hour and a half that I spent with it. And ultimately, as I've already said six times, I'm very satisfied with that ending. I like bleak endings. They don't need to be the most over-the-top, gore-filled things, though when that does happen, great. But the point is, you don't always need it. So, like I said, I, I understand the people's gripes with this movie. Obviously, I read about two dozen reviews on IMDb, all of them bad Uh, Very few people seem to be as positive on this film as I am. And, you know, that's that's understandable. I'm I'm my own person and, you know, I'll I'll die on this hill that, yeah, that this movie is very watchable. It's just you have to be a certain kind of horror fan. That's all. You know, your average 24 year old scream fan is probably not going to gravitate towards this film. And that's fine. But uh, a 60 year old fan of The Wicker Man might actually enjoy this film. So, you know. Uh, Take it with, uh, you know, like I said, like I said earlier, take it with a grain of salt. But I enjoyed it.
2: Okay. well, with that said, I think we can get into our spoiler section.
1: All right. Well, not a whole hell of a lot to this movie, basically. Uh, (laughs) uh, We're introduced to uh, Scout Taylor Compton's character, Grace Covington that fucking name and get this she's an orphan she's an orphan with the name grace covington sounds like she's an heiress in my opinion but whatever (laughs) uh she has a boyfriend named jack who is a very like 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 a gq model handsome guy you know like hair perfectly done he drives an audi his clothes are perfectly pressed you know that kind of guy um he's obviously an upper upper management type person because there's one scene in the movie where we see him yelling into his cell phone at somebody and threatening to fire them so he's obviously some kind of upper management type um and he's got money so you know instantly he's hateable and you know like i said uh right away we kind of see the relationship between these two The, the movie starts out with them being fairly happy uh talking about um scout who as i mentioned is an orphan uh she recently received some information that could potentially lead her to her birth parents she decides to look into that information which is what leads her to this part of the country and this particular house which apparently may have belonged to her family she's not 100 percent sure because she never does (laughs) she never does end up uh, connecting with the guy that she spoke to on the phone he just um Well, we find him later, but we'll get to that. Um, So, so yeah, so Jack and uh, Grace travel from Jack's parents' house where Grace just met his parents for the first time. She is upset with Jack because obviously she is an orphan and Jack is rich. So, obviously, you could see where the parents might have an issue with their you know rich heir child, um you know dating a basically an orphan woman with nothing to bring to a marriage or a family as far as finances anyway um and they're basically you know going back and forth how she he didn't defend her and you know, basically, Jack didn't say anything when the parents made negative comments about Grace, blah, 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 blah. Uh, at this point, they decide to go about the second half of their trip, which is to go to this house that uh, the aforementioned house that may have something to do with their family. Um when they arrive before they get to the house, they obviously in a movie like this with city slickers going into the country, of course, you have to have the gas station scene you know where the city folk go in and the country folk have a little interaction. Luckily, this one was a lot more watchable, like it didn't frustrate me. we didn't have like rednecks you know uh throwing um insults or threats at the city folk, and the city folk weren't talking down to the country folk, so it, Definitely could have been a lot more painful than it was. So I'll give the movie credit for that. This is what I'm talking about, folks, is that the, the slightest things frustrate me with horror movies and very little about this movie frustrated me. I'm not going to sit here and say that this was a great movie, but the fact that I could sit for an hour and a half and watch a horror movie where I never rolled my eyes once, I never got mad at any characters, I never got frustrated in any situations, to me that was a good time. So that's why I'm giving this movie a positive review. Anyway. After our um, after our two lovebirds leave the gas station, um, Grace ends up getting a call from the owner of the house that she is going to, basically letting her know that he may not be at the house when they arrive, go ahead and grab the spare key from under the flower pot. Help yourself, you know, go ahead and go into the house, make yourself at home. I'll be home as soon as I possibly can. But this is a horror movie, so we all know where this is going. Grace and Jack get to the house. Uh, Indeed, the key is underneath the flower pot. They make themselves welcome into the house and their host is nowhere to be found. In fact, um, they even mention at one point when Jack and Grace go into the bedroom, the room that they think they'll be sleeping in that night, uh, Jack actually makes a comment about an odd odor emanating from the room. Keep that in the back of your head. Um, and then out of nowhere, it's cult, just cult members. Um, that's one of the things. Uh, that's another thing I like about this movie is that they don't make us wait for very long. It's a 90 minute movie and it's not like they made me wait 45 minutes to see a cult member. No, they get here fast. Basically, as soon as the sun goes down, we got cult members surrounding the house Um we have some different interactions with uh, Jack and Grace kind of sneaking around the house, going out to different windows, going out the back door to see if there's other ways out. Unfortunately, all exits have been covered by the cult. And as as we mentioned in the non-spoiler section, they are your basic looking cult, bat, black robes, animal skulls. Some of them have fabric masks or or just like a black fabric just draped over their face, um, things like that. So the masks kind of vary. Um they do have a distinct leader that they call the master and this is the one that's almost like their representative the one who actually gives commands and and it's the only member of the cult that actually speaks at any point in the film um and basically we we just have these different scare scenes where cult members you know get into the house uh are to characters are able to kind of thwart their advances and get to another safe or different part of the house away from the cult. Um, eventually at one point, a friend of the owner of this house named Wayne shows up and lo and behold, it's the goddamn low lawnmower man. Yes. Jeff Fahey is the Wayne. He shows up at the house. Obviously he doesn't recognize grace or Jack. And he did not see the cult. Somehow the cult had the house surrounded. Yeah. I don't know. That is funny. Yeah. There was nobody there. Like literally they uh, looked out the window and there was no cult members. So obviously you start to think it's a red herring that, oh shit, he's one of the cult members just masquerading as a normal person or whatever. But no, i, I,
2: I got to say, to be honest, like when he enters the movie, like shows up at the house and mm-hmm. that whole scene for like from, from there on until he ultimately meets his fate, I was really digging it. I thought he he like kind of injected a shot of just awesome into the movie. Maybe because it's just Fahey, and I got a kick out of seeing him in this movie. But I I I just enjoyed that whole scene of him being like, "Who the hell are you, people?" and he mm-hmm. th- them trying to explain and that whole kind of like tension going on, which leads to him, you know, going outside and then actually, okay, holy shit, there is a cult there, yeah. and with it, then they kind of are on the same side now because, Hey, the cult seems like after all of us right. now. Um, so one, I thought that whole sequence was cool.
1: Yeah. The whole sequence was cool, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to be the opposite of Mike on this one. I do not like Jeff Fahey. I am not a fan of just about any of his movies, and Woman man, body parts, all crap to me. Um, but he doesn't, I mean, obviously he's so much older now that he barely looks like Jeff Fahey. Um, you know, he's got, gray hair gray beard you know he's obviously a larger man as he got older he got a little bit bigger so the fact that he didn't remind me of jeff fahey makes me love this scene and it's mike mike said that you know he interjected a bit of awesome for the duration of the movie that he was in unfortunately he's only in the movie for like five minutes (laughs) maybe a little bit more because literally, as soon as he gets there, you know he talks he he talks down the couple because obviously they're both armed, not with uh, firearms, but you know Jeff Fahey has a pipe, and Jack has a fireplace poker, and they're kind of at a Mexican standoff because nobody knows who the other one is. Once they settle everything down, and and you know he starts to kind of believe what's going on. He goes outside to get something out of his truck to get his phone. That's what it was. He goes to get his phone. Unfortunately, this cult has some kind of signal jammers because they basically no phone, either the landline in the house or any cell phone seem to work in this area. Um, They all just get a lot of static and everything, even though like people will talk about, well, I just had full bars, blah, blah, blah. What's going on? Um, they don't actually show us that it's really more implied that the cult has this ability and it could be a supernatural ability. Who knows? Maybe it's not like an actual technological advancement that they have. Maybe it's something else. Hmm. So, like I said, after Jeff, uh, Fahey's character, Wayne goes out to the truck to get his phone. He realizes that the phone isn't working. Then he looks around and he sees cult members for the first time. Then he's like, okay. These two kids in the house are telling the truth and we're in danger. So he goes back into the house to get his pipe. Um, excuse me. They go back into the house to get the ho- the homeowner's shotgun. Uh, Wayne, the neighbor, he knows that this guy has a 12-gauge shotgun in the house somewhere, and they go around looking for it to find it. Uh, when they finally go up to the aforementioned bedroom where Jack and Grace are staying, uh, they look in the closet to see if the shotgun is there, and there is the neighbor, deader and shit, just uh, very, looking very much like a Samara victim. Um, from the ring just gray and a fucked up look on his face um so yeah so we find the owner of the house the 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 kids now understand why he didn't answer the door when they got there blah blah blah. obviously wayne has a little bit of a mental breakdown because you know this guy's his friend he's now looking at his friend's dead body he ends up just grabbing a pipe and like an absolute madman just going outside and confronting a good half dozen to a dozen cult members that are standing in front of the house. He picks up the pipe, you know, he rears back with his right hand to hit the master, the main cult leader uh, with the pipe and the cult leader just raises their hand. And you can see Jeff Fahey freeze, just absolutely freeze. He can't move. And then we get that cool thing where um, the cult member will, will kind of twitch a finger and one of his, one of Fahey's bones will crack. And then they'll flick another finger and another limb cracks and literally like his arms and legs are all broken and he's just on the ground trying to crawl away. And that's when the rest of the cult members pull out these long knives, um, almost like daggers, like not quite swords, not quite knives, but, you know, dagger type things and basically stab the shit out of Jeff Fahey. I counted at least 30 to 35 stab wounds. I mean, they killed the shit out of him. And to his credit, he still had some breath in him when they were done. Obviously, you know, he took his last breath as the cult members were standing there. But, uh, yeah, good on Jeff Fahey. He took a lot before he went down, so I'll give him that. And then after this, you know, there's a couple of more, like, little set pieces with some cult members trying to get into the house. I'm not going to get into all of those because if you've ever seen a cult movie where they, you know, take a a house captive you you kind of seen it all before it's nothing too terribly original uh but then we get to the reveal of the cult and as it turns out this cult um worships a god named Uptina. Uptina is a snake god um they actually give a pretty decent little backstory i actually have it down here in my notes that uh, Uptina's backstory is actually mildly interesting again it's not going to change the world. It's not the most original thing we've ever seen, but it is a snake god, which I, I kinda like. I like snakes. So um it's not that we get any images of the god. We get some animated images, like some drawings and things like that, but nothing, nothing cool looking. Um so then, like I said, we get the reveal of that, and then finally the cult decides: well, fuck it, we're done, we're done screwing around with this couple. They basically just take over the house they go into the house and they actually have jack and grace both kind of cornered in the basement and this is when we get the reveal of the master uh the leader of the cult taking um their animal head skull off and it is a woman yes the leader of this cult is a woman uh we don't want to swerve out. yeah what a <laughs> swerve um well that's not the biggest swerve uh i'll get to that one well actually we got like a two or three actually to go over with this whole reveal um so yeah so like i said the master is a woman who uh you know very much does have supernatural powers like this is not a perceived um you know uh, power necessarily like that she can actually i mean what she did to jeff (laughs) fahey's character was pretty rad so obviously this is a pretty badass cult leader um And then we get the second reveal that, oh, the master is Mama. Yes, uh, the parents who gave up uh, Scout or Grace, uh, Scout Taylor Compton's character, are the master. And then her father is a character named King Orba, who, I mean, doesn't have any name, uh, doesn't have any lines in the movie. He's basically just a naked cult member who has like a ram's head on his uh, a ram skull on his head. Um, and then they actually show a scene where um, we, we've all seen Scout Taylor Tom, uh, Compton naked at this point, so you could tell it's her body. But I think that they were implying that was those were her parents. That, that's just me. Like it seemed like they because they actually that's what show, I thought too. Yeah, at least what I was show,
2: getting from a, without them implicitly saying so
1: exactly. Like like I said, we've all seen Scout Taylor naked, so we kind of know what she looks like at this point. Um, um, bravo, by the way. Um, and um, so we know it's her, but like I said, what we see is um, um Scout's naked body, but wearing another animal's skull, so we don't see her face. And then we see this other character with like a ram's head on his head, and he's butt naked, and they do this weird thing where they <laughs> where we see the shot from looking down at um, the female and she spreads her legs and this bright light comes out from in between her legs from basically from her crotch, um, which then kind of fades into a shot uh, back to present day of Scout speaking to her mother. So that, that's kind of why I got that impression that that was like, that was like uh, Grace's conception, I guess, if you will, would be the best way to put it. And they basically explain that um, a child of of the cult has to be used to manifest uh, the the god um, into a physical form so that they can leave the property. Basically, the god was trapped on this property, this uh, this particular farmland, you know, hundreds eons ago, if you will, hundreds of years ago. And um, so basically they can't leave the perimeter of the farm without a human host and that human host has to be a child of the cult of course grace is uh has now been revealed to be a child of the cult so of course at this point the master recites some you know um, i don't know if it's latin or sumerian but some kind of foreign language um ancient language i should say Uh, She spouts off like an incantation of some kind. And then we see Scout Taylor kind of start to writhe in pain and, you know, roll around the floor, blah, blah, blah. But then suddenly out of nowhere, she stops and she just gets up. And you can tell that there's something different about her demeanor, the way she's carrying herself, things like that. Um, At this point, the master drops down on her knees and says, master, you are free. Um, you know, what, what would you have of us? What, what would, what should we do with you? And this is the thing that always gets me in cult movies when these, these, uh, cult disciples, the disciples of this particular God, that they actually think that they're going to get rewarded or something for all of their efforts. It's like, uh, really, do you not know the backstory of your God? Because as soon as uh, Scout Taylor's character, Gray, stands up and you can t- and her eyes are a little bit milky, you can kind of see that milky effect on her eyes. She instantly just I, I, I mean, she's basically just staring at the master. And then we see like just flashes of like the screen will flash different colors, like just really briefly, like for a split second. And every time it happens, you can see that the master is in more and more pain until eventually she drops dead. She's just completely dead. Uh, you see the cult members. See, that's a kill that could have been a lot better. You know, this this was a pretty underwhelming kill for this film, considering this is the master, this is the leader of this cult, someone who's personally responsible for lord knows how many deaths in this area, trying to you know get this uh, this vessel for their god and. You know what does the God do? Basically, just lets her die of what really just seems like a heart attack. <laughs> she literally just keels over. Um, but then you kind of see the cult, the rest of the cult members are standing there, and you kind of see them react to the Master kind of keeling over and dying. And they all kind of look up at grace at the exact same time. I'm not sure if they were planning on attacking or planning on kneeling or what, but before they got the chance to do anything. Grace lets out this horrific scream that literally just kills every cult member. They all just keel over dead again, not a very visceral scene, you know, considering these are the people that have been, you know, marauding and killing and, and, you know, just harassing people this whole movie, we don't really get a very satisfying end for them, but I do like the bleak ending of her now accepting uh, what was the name? Utkina, Uktina, uh, 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 basically accepting Uktina into her body and just basically accepting that I am, you know, uh, basically a god at this point. And I'm going to bring night to the world, hence the title of the movie, The Long Night. Um, in the backstory that they told us, they said that as soon as the human host accepts and can handle uh, the spirit of Uctina, that the long night will begin, basically covering the world in darkness for, you know, however long that this god is uh, out on the loose. Um, we, we basically see Scout Taylor Compton with her milky eyes walk away from the farmhouse. She actually gets to kind of the um, property line where the farm actually ends and the rest of the town takes uh you know continues she stands there and kind of pauses for a minute looking around almost like you could tell that the god has tried to leave this property before because they're you know she's kind of standoffish when she gets to the property line but then she goes ahead and takes that one step over the property line nothing happens and we see her crack this very sly grin And we and then basically the camera just shows her walking down the street covered in blood, barefoot, just an absolute mess and fade to black and credits. And that is The Long Night 2022, my friends. I probably didn't do it justice with my kind of walkthrough, because like I said, I skipped a lot. I I skipped a lot of the obvious um, set pieces that you would normally see in these kinds of movies, you know, cult members trying to get in the house Cult members succeeding in getting into the house, but then getting thwarted by one or both characters, both of our protagonists, things like that. So I didn't really feel the need to go over that, but I did want to go over that ending because, like I said, it is a very bleak ending. It basically implies that the world is fucked. And you know what? I kind of like endings like that. (laughs) I mentioned I Trapped the Devil from a couple of years ago earlier. That was kind of the same deal. Whereas in that one, you know, they weren't a hundred percent sure of who or what um, the the protagonist of the film had trapped in their basement. But then when we get the reveal at the end, it's a very almost uneventful type of ending. But because of what the ending implies, that the devil is now free and walking around on the earth. I just love that kind of bleakness of it. You know, it's very Lovecraftian uh, the way I look at it, you know, just the 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 the, the the unknown factor of Now there is this omnipotent Evil creature uh, That's basically going to just Fuck the world up and even though we don't Get to see it I can accept That as a viable ending for me um, You know I, I've kind of Regular listeners Of the show know that I've kind of railed Against vague endings in the past I don't look at this one as a vague ending So much as a bleak ending Because it's definitely not the ending that horror fans Are looking for You know, they probably want to see, you know, Jack, you know, have this big knockdown drag out with Grace and then kill her violently at the end or something crazy like that. Or, or even have the snake God maybe reject Grace's body and, you know, tear out of her or something, you know, people are always looking for a more visceral end to cult movies. And this one has just a very subtle and, you know, it's just, it's a simple little ending, but it's bleak as hell. And for whatever it's worth, um, Scout Taylor has actually done a couple of movies in a row now that I do enjoy. So who knows? Maybe I'm coming around on her. Um, You know, uh, everyone knows how I feel about Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. I don't dislike Rob Zombie as a filmmaker. I know a lot of people do. I just have a problem with his Halloween movies, which can be discussed on another podcast someday, or it won't, who knows? Um, But yeah, that's it for me on the long night. I enjoyed it and I probably am going to enjoy it more than most people who watch this film. So there you go.
2: Okay, yeah, I thought you were going to say I'm probably going to enjoy it when I watch it again.
1: Oh, I, I I mentioned that earlier. I don't know that I'll ever watch this again. It's not, you know, it's not particularly fun. It's not particularly visceral or over the top. You know, like I said, it's a simple little movie with a simple ending. Um, and it's worth it's worth that watch for my for my money. I'm glad I watched it. I did. I may never watch it again, but I am very glad I sat through it. And I'm glad I didn't miss it. <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, I don't really have any final thoughts on it. I mean, just more along the lines of what I already said. If you like cult movies, check it out. should be oh. available.
1: <laughs> and then there was one little thing that I did forget to mention about this movie that's going to be very glaring to fans of The Shining. There actually is a song from The Shining score in this movie, and it's played early in the film. During the driving montage, go figure. It's not the shining theme that you hear at the beginning of the film, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's some music because I looked it up and it's the same. It's the guy, it's the composer. And it's actually the same song. Um, it's called the ballad of Jacob. It's both on uh, the the shining score and on this one. Now at first I thought it was a ripoff. I I, I thought that the composer was just ripping off the shining music So I I was I was like ready to rip this movie apart. I'm like, who the fuck are you to try to rip off The Shining? But then I realized that it actually is the fucking music from The Shining, that it's actually the song. And then I started to change my mind on it. Like at first I thought, well, that's unoriginal. You're just taking a song off another score um, to use in your movie. But once that scene was done, I was actually kind of glad they did it because it does set up a nice tone because that whole obviously the music is very ominous. It is from the Shining Score. And it just sets it beautifully sets a tone. Even though this movie does not deserve that song, you know, coming from one of the greatest horror movies ever made. I know Don would disagree with me, but that's okay. Um it, I, I actually really enjoyed that. So if you're if you're a fan of The Shining, look out for that song. I think it happens like maybe 10 minutes into the film or so. But uh for whatever it's worth, I did enjoy the usage of that. <laughs>
2: all right i I, I
1: honestly not until we started recording did i confirm that it actually is from the shining like i was gonna call i was all set to call it a ripoff but i looked it up i looked up the composer and yeah it's literally the same song same composer christoph um something i forget his name it's a german name but uh yeah it is the song from the shining so go figure a little bit of trivia for you
2: (laughs) (laughs) cool all right well i think that's gonna wrap up our discussion on the long night in this episode, but let's find out where everyone can hear us first. So Venom, what do you got coming out? That's new.
1: All right. Not much for me, just the same stuff I've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. No More Room in Hell presents Creature Comfort. Episode seven is available for your ears right now. We look at uh, the 1980 classic from Louis Teague. That is Alligator, one of my favorite Creature Comforts. Creature Feature, Guilty Pleasures of All Time. I absolutely adore that film, and this was one of the more fun episodes we've had, so check out that one. That is available now on the Dark Discussions Podcast Network. Uh, Just last night, we recorded our latest episode of the main show, No More Room in Hell. That was episode number 44. We took a look at Mike's picks, which was basically a kind of a a deliverance homage episode where we looked at 1977's rituals and 1981's just before dawn. One of those was a first time watch for me and I absolutely loved it, but I'm not going to tell you which one. So you got to tune in. (laughs) Uh, And then as far as guest spots go for me, um, I recently did an episode of the dark parade with Bo Ransdell where we looked at 1981's hell night. And, um, I recently did an episode on cuts of the chase where we looked at the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Um, unfortunately the release of that is going to be delayed because there were some technical issues with the final part of that trilogy. So we're actually going to have to rerecord our review for, um, the dark Knight um, rises. And, uh, and then, you know, I would imagine Dan or Lacey will stitch it all together and put it all out for you. It's going to be a long episode folks um the episode is longer than all three movies put together so the the nolan trilogy is about what six to six and a half hours of total content uh this episode is over seven so if you like long podcasts that talk about batman and comic books by all means check out that episode of cut to the chase i don't have a release date for you but i would imagine it'll be out in the next week or two so look out for that and that's it for me mike
2: All right. How about you, Don?
0: Yeah. Um, As mentioned, No More Room in Hell presents Creature Comfort should be out there. Um, We're still waiting on uh, dates for a couple of uh, other shows of mine. Uh, And lastly, the latest episode of Horror Countdown should be available. It is Top 10 Favorite Fat Characters in Horror Films. So this was kind (laughs) of... (laughs) Yeah, this was kind of a a fun choice. Um, We had a, a, yeah, um, it was kind of uh, weird because uh, we kind of took it up as a uh, no-brainer challenge. Like, oh, okay, well, I know what what my list is going to be. And then uh, we both kind of realized, oh, crap, there's not much out there. (laughs) So um, it was kind of one of those where we both uh, not only, you know, took it on just to, you know, Do something fun and lighthearted, but it was also kind of a way to raise uh, more awareness of the subject uh, in the genre. So uh, if you're interested, go ahead and check it out, because Mm -hmm. we both ended up with kind of surprising lists. And, uh, you know, it's one of those where, you know, it's a lot of fun. So uh, go ahead and uh, check that out. But um, other than that, uh, not much else.
1: When you say fat characters in horror movies, do you mean both antagonists and protagonists or just uh, heroes? Oh, okay, both. Awesome.
0: So, um, for those of you that um, are unaware, um, one of them is uh, I mentioned Joe Flightshaker from uh, the Trauma series. (laughs) um, We also did uh, Annie Wilkes uh, from Misery. So, uh, those were kind of, uh, those were choices on the list. So, uh, take that as kind of guiding principles as to where we go. That is awesome.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't have even thought of the mayor of Tromaville. Holy shit. Great pick.
0: <laughs> hmm Uh, I was done, Mike. Wake up, Mike.
1: Oh.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, as far as me... Nothing but the main shows for now. So, uh, if you need to watch back episode or watch listen to back episodes of Fresh Cut, they're still all up on Dark Discussions and YouTube. YouTube going back a few months now, and then latest episode of No More Room in Hell should be up probably within a day or so of this episode. So, and that's uh, all I got for now. So uh is anything releasing of note next week or this end of Uh, this week venom
1: there's a movie dropping on friday on shutter called the cellar i'm not sure if we're ready to return to shutter if we want to maybe give them a little break because they've been fairly disappointing or
0: look at something else there's that um i also know that uh let the wrong one in is available on vod which has been getting um praise in uh, duncan's Duncan's group uh, podcast under the stairs. I know they're raving about it, and I think it's finally available. Yeah,
1: I did see that literally just before I came on the show. I saw that it's now available to us. So yeah, that's yeah. a viable option as well.
0: In um, fact,
1: I haven't done a horror comedy in a while, so I, I would probably lean towards that one anyway.
0: Yeah, um, there was one other. Um, I, I I just saw it released not last week but i think like in the last couple of days and my memory's fading uh it's i think it's a zombie film but i don't remember the title and i i wrote it down because it was a zombie film and i don't remember where i wrote the thing down to remember it so i'm kind of fucked on that end but I, is it
1: night of the undead
0: I, I think saw, so i
1: saw i i saw I like a blurb about that
0: i think that may be it um it's
1: asian right the movie I'm thinking of. Uh,
0: yeah, is Asian. um, but I don't uh, know which country. I
1: just know. it's Yeah,
0: Asian. <laughs> yeah, I I think it may be Indian, like a. Oh, okay. Like Indian or like somewhere in that area. I'm not sure, but I, I'm saying I wrote it down because I wrote it down on a sheet of paper, and I don't remember where the sheet of paper is. <laughs> cause yeah, I, I remember.
1: A, I because you mentioned it in the chat the other day, and I looked it up and. I saw the poster for it and yeah, it's got Asian text
0: all over it. Um, Uh, Give me two seconds. I'm on IMDb right now. There you go. Um, But yeah, um, I, I, like I said, I remember writing it down and then I, I did something over the weekend. I recorded a a new episode and um, I, I don't remember where, because I had to shuffle everything off for my notes. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, this is a, uh, a Korean film, not, not Indian. Um, so my bad. So night of the undead. uh let's, if we want to try Tubi, go ahead. Um, I'm not seeing horror, but uh comedy sci-fi thriller looks to be, um, uh, a, maybe this is the wrong movie because this looks like a ghost film, not zombies. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, this looks more like a ghost movie from what I'm okay. reading. So, um, it, it's viable, but, um, I'm probably going to actually lean towards let the wrong one in over this one. Um, it's up to yeah. you guys, but, yeah, it, it looks like it's up to you. Yeah, but, we'll, we'll,
2: we'll we'll figure it out. We don't have to yeah. make a decision now.
0: Yeah, something to discuss. Just, uh, looking it up, that looks to be more like a Korean ghost comedy rather than the zombie <laughs> one I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I'll I'll have to look through the stack of papers that I've got next to my computer here and see where um, on my sheet of paper I scribble down the because I, I didn't just include that one. I had like two or three other titles on there and I don't remember what they were.
1: Yeah, I think the bunker game was one of them. Um, let the right, let the wrong one in might have been one of them, uh, and then you mentioned that undead movie. Might have been one more too, but yeah, those are the ones I remember. Yeah. All right. Oh, we got. Well, we'll, oh,
0: we'll, we'll, yeah, well, uh, it's something to discuss for sure. Yep. We've got a week, so no rush.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, All right. that's going to wrap it up for this episode. So we will be back next week with one of the many titles that was just listed, or a, to- oh, a totally different one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll, we will figure it out. <laughs> so thanks, everyone, for listening. Catch you next time. Let's Say bye to the listeners.
1: Later. Watch out for snakes.
2: Peace.